Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations. Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azapetti and me, Tears of Price. And you are hearing this as our first episode of 2023, but we are recording on December 29th. But hello, Erica. How was your holiday? Hi, Tirza. It was it was restful. I Good. appreciate it. It was cold AF though. <laughs> yes, very cold. I mean, I can't complain because Buffalo, New York, got it really bad, and I feel really bad. I, feel, I always think of like the people, you know, like people experiencing houselessness and, um, like you know, the stray animals and stuff. Just everyone who's exposed directly to living beings that are exposed directly to that level of cold. I'm just like, I feel so badly. Yeah. Um, it was rough. So I can't complain. I stayed, I was lucky to stay in the house and be warm and watch Christmas movies. Yeah. So that was nice. How was yours? It was good. It was good. We went to Michigan for the holidays and, um, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> cold, cold. Well, you know, <laughs> It was actually colder at home in Iowa than it was oh. where we were at in Michigan because of right. the wind chill. Like at one point, right. our cat sitter, because we, you know, we left our cats and we had a cat sitter checking in on them every day. And she texted us and she was like, It's negative 40 here with the wind chill. She says, oh Don't be God. don't be alarmed, but like, you know, I think your pipes might be frozen. And I was like, Oh, I'm alarmed. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> So, oh no no yeah. thanks i will be alarmed thank you right <laughs> luckily she you know opened up cabinets and opened up faucets and we i told her bump yeah. the heat up i will pay that heating bill um and yeah. and they thought out that within like 12 hours and there have been no burst pipes so that's good but like oh yeah, yeah it was like it was a little sketchy and i was like worried about all of our outdoor babies that and by outdoor babies i mean the yeah. stray cats in our neighborhood but um yeah. she was taking care of them as well so you know all was good but we got definitely got way more snow in michigan than iowa got so we got just dumped on um but luckily we we got to michigan before the weather got bad and we got back to iowa after everything was cleared so can't complain y'all were just y'all had good juju yeah that good winter juju yes negative 40 though jesus i've never experienced that's like a my aunt lives in alaska and that's how i envision alaska around this time like negative double digits that it's, is intense. Once the weather goes below zero, it is a special type of cold that you just do not want to yeah. be out in if you if you don't have to be. And like negative 40 yeah. is also like when your car stops starting. So, yeah, not, yeah. not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this. And I was like still I still have a residual like this like residual cough or whatever. I've been sick for like a couple weeks now, probably like three weeks. But every time the cold hit my throat, I was like, nope, because <laughs> I was like sick also. So I was just like, mm, staying in the house. So I can yeah. only imagine being in the negatives. But uh, how was your I, how was your trip, though? Otherwise, it was great. It was lovely. Awesome. So, yes, I never read as much as I want to. But, of course. Um, you know, I am learning to only take a few books instead of all my books. But we do what we can. <laughs> Right. I like how you said you're learning. Like you still haven't fully learned it. <laughs> I still but took, you're like getting there. 
I still took six books with me back to Michigan, yeah. which I think was an improvement yeah. from last year, in which I definitely took more right. than six. And I read Fair. two of them. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was that's pretty, pretty good. Myself. I'm proud, friend. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's for a, a holiday trip. That I think that's solid. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh. Well, and we're going to be talking to you about, um, yeah, just reading and getting excited for the new year. And that is like my favorite part about the new year is just like looking ahead and kind of resetting. And so since it is officially the new year, 2023, by the time you were listening to this, um, rather than talk about news today, because the week between Christmas and New Year's is a dead zone of news. Um, we wanted to talk about the, um, the 2023 reading log, which is now posted on the Book Riot website. And um, we also did a link in the show notes. So you can just click on that. And it is a way of tracking your reading and generating fun statistics about your reading life. Um, I've been doing um, my version of this log for a couple of years now and sharing it on Book Riot. And I do a video walkthrough so you can kind of see how it works and how to fill it out and how to customize it for your own reading needs. So uh, it feels like the new year when I actually set up my own 2023 or my own new year reading log. And nice. I, I'm always tweaking it too. And, and so, yeah, it just, it's really fun though. And I I'm always very like happy and touched to hear from all the people who use it and, you know, make it their own or just really enjoy, um, you know, doing their own sort of reading tracking inspired by this. So if you Mm -hmm. use it, reach out to me, tell me, I love hearing about that. Um, If you are curious, you can check it out there. So as you can probably tell from this log, I'm a giant nerd and I track a lot of aspects of my reading. But what about you, Erica? Do you track your reading? from year to year Uh, barely more than the basic like goodreads i feel almost embarrassed to say that in front of you because you have this no it's okay well you see um uh i feel like i keep a mental note kind of of like what books i've read what kind of books i've read like if the authors are of color or queer or anything like that. Um, I feel like I I should use, I, and I think to use the reading tracker, like I was thinking of using it last year when we were talking about it. I think I actually will use it this time though, because I, when I was summarizing like my favorite books of the year, like all of them were like science fiction and fantasy. And I was like, well, I should read more. I need to diversify my genres actually. That's where I need to divert. Like I read plenty of, well, I also do a newsletter for um, books by and about authors of color. So I read a lot of, you know, that um, just diverse authors. So I already have that ingrained and queer authors too. So I think I need to read more nonfiction (laughs) as a start. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I actually really got into tracking not just my reading, but like the statistical, you know, Mm. essentials about each book was because I wanted to read my more diversely. And like, yeah, you can be like, oh, I'm going to create a TBR list and I'm going to, you know, seek out more diverse literature. But I think 
we kind of lull ourselves into this like sense of like, because I want to do this and because, um, you know, I want to figure, you know, I want to do this and I care about this. We almost kind of think that we read more diversely than we actually do. And so it was really eye opening to me the first year that I started to track like the race of the authors that I read. Yeah. I, I would, if you had asked me beforehand, I would have said, Oh yeah, I read diversely. I read diverse books. And then like, to see the actual percentage like stare me in the face mm. um as i moved along i was like oh i don't i do read diversely but not as much as i'd like to be or as i should not be as as so yeah. the nice thing about keeping track of that with the spreadsheet is that like you can just kind of like check in every month or so and be like am i still on track and like um you know, I, I have like a number that I try to kind of stick around as far as percentages just because, yeah. um, you know, and, and so like some people have been like, oh, that's like takes the joy out of reading. But I'm like, it really doesn't because there are so many great books in the world that sometimes if I'm like, oh, you know, I haven't read as many books by like, um, you know, black authors or indigenous authors this year as I keep saying I want to read. And if I check in and see that like that number is lower than what I'd like it to be. Um, I just go to my TBR, which is full of all sorts of books that I want to read. And rather than like pick up a book by a white author, I pick up something by like a black author. And like, it's really as simple as that for me. Um, so it's just, it, it helps kind of keep it at the forefront of my mind because publishing still is not very equitable. Yeah. And it sounds too, like it helps you figure out what to read next. Yeah. Which is always, which is also a thing with people who read a lot and have massive TBRs. It's helpful to um, figure out what you want to read next because by the time it comes, by the time it's time to read your next book, you probably will have forgotten a few in your TBR. Yeah. I like too that it has a DNF, which is a did not finish um, category because like you can make that category say on Goodreads. But I feel like, I don't know. I don't like how it's handled. I feel like it should have its own subsection because sometimes I look back and I'm like, how come I haven't read more books? I'm like, what have, where have, I'm like, I thought I've been reading more than this, you know, whatever this is. I'm like, oh, I didn't finish a couple ones. Mm-hmm. So it's like helpful to see that also like for, for me, of course, this is individual, of course. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, that one was really boring or I didn't like where it was going and I put it down, but I did spend time reading it. So I want to include that. That's just a minor thing that I'm looking at. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't fully read, not read, sorry. I haven't used the reading log yet, but there's a lot of good stuff on here. I'm just flipping through. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you, um, yeah, and the, and the thing is, too, like, people can definitely take what they want from it and and use it that way. And then, like, whatever you don't want to use, you don't have to use. So, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes, like, I've had people, like, look at it and be like, oh, my God, this is so intense. Like, it's so amazing that you fill this out every year. And I'm like, what you need to understand is that for me, filling this out is part of, like, it's like a hobby that is almost separate from actually reading. So, yeah, um, <laughs> like I'm really into yeah. it. If like you are not into it, like you don't have to do all this. Um, yeah. For years. Just read the reading log. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for years before I did like a, a um, 
you know, digital sheets based log, um, I would record every book I read um, in a notebook. And um, this, I had this notebook for like almost 10 years. And I, and it was an amazing notebook because it had like literally every book that I had read for like, I think eight or nine years. And I love this oh, notebook. Wow. Yeah. And it was like amazing to me that in like eight or nine years, I never once lost it. Um, but like, that I, is amazing. I know, right? <laughs> I took it with me <laughs> everywhere though. And I, and I always had hands on it. And, um, and I loved looking and seeing all the books that I read. And I used to just do title, author, and date finished. Um, that was all I did for many years, but then came the day that I lost the notebook and I was like <gasps> devastated. Yeah. Oh I was like, God. I still like, I'm, I'm like sort of feeling some feelings as I'm thinking about the loss of this notebook. <laughs> yes. Um, like basically every book oh, that wow. I'd read since 2008 or 2009. And so after that, I was like, oh my God, no, I've got to do something in the, in the cloud. It. It's got to be, and not just like digital. Yeah. Cause like if I lost the file or something, I'd be equally devastated, but like it has to be in the cloud where like it cannot be lost. And so that's yeah. when I switched over to this log. And then like, I was inspired by some other book riot people and we just kind of, it just kind of exploded from there. So anywho, that's my soothing like new year ritual is setting up a new reading log and filling it out. That's amazing. Also one last note on tears wonderful reading log. There is a um, read harder challenge tab worked into it. So you can also click off um, if you're following along that challenge you can click off. There's just a whole bunch of good stuff in here. So yeah, highly recommend. And I'm going to watch the video that you have later also where you talk about how to set it up. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get the most out of it this year. Yeah. this. Yeah. Well, it's still 2022, but this year when it, when this episode airs, it will be 2023. Yes. Um. But yes. So speaking of 2023, we have some, most some of our most anticipated YA novels and nonfiction um, that will be released in 2023. But before we get into that, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Scribner. Weird Black Girls by Elwyn Cotman is a collection of seven stories in which characters pursue their obsessions on paths to glory and destruction, while all around them their worlds twist and warp, oscillating between reality and impossibility. On display throughout is Cotman's ability to reveal truths about the human experience, about things like friendship, love, betrayal, bitterness, all through whimsy, horror, and fantasy. Elegiac in tone, imaginative, and humorous in their execution, the character-driven stories in Weird Black Girls challenge, incite, and entertain. The author's last book was named one of NPR's Best Books of the Year and was a finalist for the Philip K. Dick Award, with reviews appearing in the New York Times, Wired, BuzzFeed, and Locus, among other publications. Definitely make sure to check out Weird Black Girls by Elwyn Cotman. And thanks again to Scribner for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. 
This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players. But what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so I know we were talking, Tirza, about how there are so many good books coming out, so, so many, that it was hard just looking through the um, the list that you and Liberty compile on uh, Book Riot's Insiders, um, the new release index. It was, I kept getting caught up and I was like, maybe I should spread some of these, like <laughs> as far as release dates go, I was like, maybe I should look ahead. But I was like, Ooh, but no, that sounds good. Ooh, but no, that sounds good. And I was just like, I think the furthest I went was like March. Honestly, there's just so many, there's so many new books coming out that sound really good. There are, and it's so hard to just, you know, try to in one hour talk about, all the books that are we're excited about that are really only coming out in the first half of 2023 because yeah. um, there is not a lot of like copy and cover releases for the second half of 2023. So we'll probably have to do another episode later in the year mm -hmm. that covers the fall and winter. But yeah, there's so many great books coming out just in the next couple of months. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. So many. Because there was like, you know... And like I said, it's understandable as far as publishing goes. There's kind of like a, you know, kind of a sleepy period. Um, but yes. we're coming out of that. Yeah. <laughs> we are coming out of that sleepy period where it's like, not there aren't too many things coming out. But yeah. So I guess I can start us off. Yeah. Um, the first one I have is... I believe this is a YA debut from Talia Hibbert. Yeah. But I might have to double check that because Talia Hibbert. And I'm I just thinking of like, I'm, I've I'm pretty sure it's their, their YA debut. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think you're right. Um, Talia Hibbert. I love Talia Hibbert. I've read all of their, well, not all of their books. They have quite a few. I've read all of the Brown Sisters trilogy. And I loved it. Yes. So it was super spicy, though, too. So I'm like, all right, what are we going to do for YA? Um, I believe in them, though. So I'm excited. So um, in their other books, they do such a good job. Well, first of all, they have diverse characters, um, diverse characters with different body types. And some are neurodivergent. There are characters that are dealing with mental health issues. And I feel like... Talia's characters, um, they, the romance in them, I feel like it's mostly like supportive and like non-toxic, which yes. is always nice. Um, so I really like that aspect. It's just like, it just feels good. 
it feels real and I've really enjoyed um, reading their romance. So the book highly suspicious and unfairly cute. And I was like, okay, like sometimes I feel highly suspicious and unfairly cute. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like that's a mood. Um, This is coming out. Uh, expected it's expected to come out in January. So by the time this episode airs, it may already be out. But basically it's about Bradley, who is like seen as this kind of like perfect student. He's a football player. He has OCD. He manages it. He comes out in his uh, classes as like, you know, the best in class, basically. And then there's Celine who is his ex-best friend. Hmm. Celine is super into conspiracies. She's like into UFOs and all that stuff, which is fun. Um, She's not exactly popular, which I'm sure you couldn't tell because the UFO thing, but um, which is why Bradley has not like interacted with her as much as before, because I guess people see her as a little weird, Mm, whatever. So now they're like, because of their previous relationship, they're like a little petty towards each other. And there is a rivalry between them as far as like grades and stuff goes. Um, But then Celine signs up for a survival course in the woods. And then surprise, surprise, Brad is right there with her. So they have to work as a team to win a prize. And they have to contend with the woods around them, the mud and the bugs and everything, as well as their history, basically. So it sounds, it sounds fun. I like the outdoorsy aspect. I'm mostly, I didn't have to look at the synopsis. I was like, it's Talia Hibbert. I'm about to read it. Like, let's be real here. (laughs) So I'm super excited about this one. Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. Yeah. Such a great title. Um, Yes, seriously. My next or first pick is Break Up From Hell by Anne Davila Cardinal. And um, like disclaimer, we share an editor. So but that is not why I am excited about this book. It is about a girl who um, she meets a guy and he's very um, handsome and mysterious and cute. And they start dating. But once they start dating, bad, bad stuff starts happening. And she realizes that like, Eh, this is probably not a good relationship for me. And I mean, like, bad stuff in, like, the supernatural sense. And um, so she decides that she has to break up with him. But if she breaks up with him, things could get a lot worse. So I'm really excited for this book. Like, I love Anne's writing. She's a great writer. She's written um, adult fiction and um, YA fiction. But this one just looks really, like, fun, but also... Um, looks like it could take you to some interesting places. Um, I've not read it yet, but it is on my list. So let's break up from hell by Anne Davila Cardinal. That does sound spicy. Oh my goodness. So the next one I have is The Buried and the Bound by Rochelle Hassan. And so in it, Aziza is the only hedge witch in Blackthorn, Massachusetts. And Leo is he's you know familiar with magical things kind of like bad magical things and on his 16th birthday there's a curse that was dormant um that becomes active with his birthday and so 
now he has all his memories are torn apart from him of his true love, basically. So he's been traveling down the East Coast looking for a way to get his memories back. And he is not successful, basically. So he makes a deal with Aziza. He will help her on these nightly patrols that she does to keep all of these, like, you know, dark magical beings at bay. There are um, fairies and flesh-eating shadows and fae, you know, various fae um, shenanigans going on. So he's going to help her with that in exchange for her help in breaking his curse. So I think it sounds super interesting. This is another one that I have not read. Um, I have not read this author either. Um, this is a YA debut actually from them, but I haven't read them period. So I think it sounds super interesting. The cover looks cool and it, it sounds like it, it sounds like a fun intro to what I believe will be a trilogy. So I'm super excited about it. Again, it's The Buried and the Bound by Rochelle Hassan. Yeah, that one is also on my my highly anticipated yeah. list. Um, yes. My next pick is All That's Left to Say by Emery Lord. And this is about a girl who tragically loses her cousin, who's like her best friend, her favorite person in the world, um, to an overdose. And so her cousin... Um, went to this fancy private school and Hannah, the protagonist, decides to um, enroll in this private school to try to figure out, like, what happened to her cousin? Like, who was responsible for giving her those drugs? Like, what caused her um, to, like, go down this path? And, of course, she finds that answers are not easy or clear or necessarily clarifying in the situation. And... Um, of course, this is also a really hard time for her because she's grieving the death of her cousin. So it looks like it's got a little bit of a mystery to it. But knowing that it's an Emery Lord book, it's going to be wonderfully like emotional and um, yeah, just all the good stuff, all the feels basically. Mm-hmm. So that is mm-hmm. all that's left to say by Emery Lord. Awesome. That sounds really good. Um, this next one I have is Wild Blood by Lauren Blackwood. And this has, this has a lot going on. It's SFF, as is typical for me. But this is like, it's like, okay, whoa. So Victoria is what's called a wild blood. She's 18 now, but she was kidnapped when she was six and manipulated by this company called the Exotic Lands Touring Company, where she has worked as a tour guide ever since. Um, with a team of other wildbloods who so basically they have magic and they can protect travelers who are traveling in Jamaican jungles that have all of these like wicked beasties wicked magical beasties or whatever so Victoria is expecting this promotion um, but she gets overlooked for it in favor of her ex-dean who and Dean is a piece of work. Okay. He's like backstabbed her and he is just, you know, a piece of work basically. So she still wants to try to prove herself, but, and she's got like the most powerful magic, but um, like I said, Dean's taken her place and she's not quite the image that 
their boss wants to have representing the company, I guess. So then they get this new client, Thorn, a gold miner. And Thorn is like super handsome and he seems very nice and he's confident and stuff like that. And he trusts Victoria to lead him through the jungle safely. And she tries to, but the jungle is a trip. And there are all these like very interesting sounding creatures in it that I'm suspecting um, have like come from like Caribbean and Jamaican uh, mythology and lore. So I'm excited to read about them. There are like these hypnotic river spirits. There are soul devouring women who shed their skin like snakes. I'm just reading the description from the blurb because I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. (laughs) So she has to basically decide like, okay, is this the company that I want to stay with? Which I think is a valid question. Um, but yeah, it sounds like an interesting adventure, um, with some very interesting magical creatures. So that is Wild Blood by Lauren Blackwood. Mm, Yes, her um, first book was quite, quite interesting. So I'm excited for this one as well. All right. My next pick is The Lake House by Sarah Beth Durst. And um, just like as an aside, Sarah Beth Durst is an incredibly prolific author. Um, Just like puts out so many books like kids, teen, um, adult books every year. It's kind of incredible. Mm. Um, So Mm -hmm. her newest one is a thriller um, called The Lake House. It is about Claire, who is a very, like, anxious person who thinks, like, the worst case scenario is always going to happen. And then it finally does one day when she arrives late at summer camp and it's kind of like one of those off the grid way out in the middle of nowhere summer camps and so she's late and she shows up and um the whole place has been burned to the ground and there are two other late arrivals who also show up and they're all like what the heck but you know they're now stranded out here in the middle of nowhere and um Something terrible has happened. There seems to be no survivors. But then as they're kind of poking about trying to figure out what to do, they discover a body in the woods. And then they realize, like, oh, no, this was intentional. Like, somebody came here to kill everybody. And we just, like, happened to survive because we showed up late. But now we are also in danger. So sounds fun, right? Um, I'm excited to read it. I think it it sounds like a fun premise. (laughs) So I, I think it'll be great. It is The Lake House by Sarah Beth Durst. Nice. Oof. That does sound really good. Um, I've got a thriller as well. I think it's not as, I don't feel like it's as like potentially lethal as that one, but it is <laughs> My Flawless Life by Yvonne Woon. And this is about Hannah Yang Lerner, who is a who is known as a fixer at her elite private school in Washington, DC. Um, and basically whenever, whenever anyone has a problem, they contact Hannah and she fixes it. She has like connects, she knows people to call, what to say, all these extra things. Like, I I think like if you watch scandals, I guess she's like Olivia Pope or something, but like at a private school in DC. And I'm like more power to you girl, because when I was in high school, I was not, um, I was just trying to make it. All right. So (laughs) She, um, so she is this fixer. So 
she can fix other people's lives, but of course hers is a mess and her reputation gets totally messed up when her dad, who was a skinner, a senator, I was, I said a skinner, <laughs> his name is Skip Lerner. So I was combining his name with his profession. So Senator Skip Lerner gets arrested for an accident where a person nearly died. So I haven't read this book, so I'm not sure of the details, but basically her reputation gets ruined from that and her friends ditch her. So I'm curious to see what it was that, you know, because I'm like, if it's a car accident, I feel like, is that enough to blame her too? But we'll see. I'm intrigued. So despite everyone leaving her and her reputation being in the trenches, she gets in a job. She gets a job from an anonymous client who calls themselves three, like the number. Um, and they request that she follows her ex best friend. And Hannah does it because she's like, all right, I can like kind of regain, start to, you know, claw my way back to how my life was before. But as she starts digging, you know, unearthing things. There are some dark truths that become unearthed about her and also her classmates who are seemingly these like perfect people. So it sounds very mysterious, very like, uh, I don't know. It just sounds really intriguing. And I'm curious to see what these elite private school kids have in their closet. So that is My Flawless Life by Yvonne Woon. Nice. I had not heard of that one. So that one sounds great. Mm -hmm. Um, My next pick is When the Vibe is Right by Sarah Das. Um, This is, I mean, I really loved Sarah Das's um, first book. It came out um, two years ago is a retelling of um, Persuasion. Um, So this Mm -hmm. one is also set in Trinidad, which is where the um, her first book is set. And it is about Tess, who wants to be a carnival costume designer. And um, that is sort of um, challenged when um, there's some family rivalries, there's some um, interesting, you know, friendship to lover, to enemy sort of situation going on. Um, I just think that it sounds really great. I really liked the setting of um, her first book, Where the Rhythm Takes You. So I'm excited to return. And I really enjoyed her contemporary writing. So this just looks like it is going to be a fun enemies to lovers um, Mm. romance. I also don't think I've ever read anything set during Carnival. So that's going to be fun. So Yeah. yeah, When the Vibe is Right by Sarah Das. That's also another great title. Yeah. The vibe, you know, the vibe, things depend on the vibe. So I feel you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great title. So I'm totally taking the vibe elsewhere with this next book. <laughs> it is titled She is a Haunting by Trang Tun Tran. And I keep reading these like gothic um, novels that are very reminiscent of Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Huh. I still haven't finished Rebecca. I love so Rebecca. shame on me for that. <laughs> I think I would like it because I like all the books that like come from it. So die or could get get your life. <laughs> but 
they've you know so like mexican gothic by um sylvia moreno garcia not a ya book but was super popular and then i read another one called the hacienda also not a ya book they also but they a lot of them have the same or similar formula but i I always like it i still like it because it's like even though i know it's like okay the house is haunted we know that but it's like why is the house haunted what happened so and she is a haunting jade when arrives in Vietnam. She is trying to, she has the goal basically of kind of like pretending to be cool with her estranged father. He's trying to restore this French colonial house. So she's thinking like, all right, so for the next five weeks, she's going to pretend to be straight. She's going to pretend that she likes everyone. She's going to pretend to be uh, very American, but also very Vietnamese. She's just going to pretend to be everything to everybody. And you know, try to win people over. She has no problem with lying. She just wants to fit in. But the house is like, no girl. Um, She wakes up paralyzed every day. There's this thrumming sound coming from the house. There are bugs that are turning up in weird places. And, And I thought this was super interesting. She finds traces of her ancestors in gardens and areas that they once like tended to. So I was like, okay. And then there's also a ghost who warns her to not eat anything. So, hmm. So her father, neither her father nor her sister say that they have noticed anything weird happening. So she has to outsource like help in basically proving that there's something wrong with this house. So I am super interested. It sounds like it's super duper up my alley. Like I said, I love, I love Gothic, um, Gothic books. And I'm excited to see like the Vietnamese aspect um, that this one will bring. So this just sounds like super duper interesting. And the, the cover is, is a one, I have to say. <laughs> Again, this is She is a Haunting by Trang Tan Tran. Awesome. All right. I'm going to tell you about my next book. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's will read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons, all have secrets. But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh, so many lies. The relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more. Thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publishers of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. 
So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so my next pick is Wolfwood by Mariana Bear. And this is a book about a girl whose mother is an artist, like a very famous artist, but She unfortunately had a mental breakdown and has mostly stopped painting and um, that has put them in a very precarious financial position. Um, So when this gallery comes along and is like, hey, um, you know, if you finish this series of like really interesting sort of fantastical paintings, like we'll do a gallery showing, we'll give you lots of money. Um, The protagonist is basically like, yes, this is finally our chance for stability, but her mom refuses. And so she's really desperate. So she decides, I will finish the series of paintings for my mother and she won't ever know. And that way, you know, we can get back on our feet and nobody has to know. Um, But there's a reason why her mom stopped painting Um, And it's because every time she picks up the paintbrush to sort of paint this like wolfwood jungle, it's very dangerous and magical. She finds herself like actually sort of slipping into wolfwood. And so it's like this. Yeah, it's like this fantasy type situation. And um, and it's dangerous and it's getting harder and harder to um, basically keep fantasy and reality um, separated. And so she also has to keep secret the fact that she's basically forging her mother's artwork so this sounds fantastic and i know that the author mariana bayer has actually worked in like fine art galleries in new york and Mm. so she definitely knows what she's talking about and i also really enjoyed her previous two ya novels i think i talked about frost um her first it's a ya horror novel set in a boarding school i think we talked about that one in the fall. And then she has another, yeah, she has another really great one called the inconceivable life of Quinn, um, which Mm -hmm. is about a girl who um, finds herself pregnant, but she has like, to her knowledge, never had sex. And so she's like, what the heck? And um, yeah. And so that also has like a magical element to it. That's really interesting and intriguing. So I have loved Mariana Bayer's first two books. They come out like once every five to seven years, but they're usually worth the wait. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited for Wolfwood and the cover is gorgeous. So definitely hop on that. Yes. It sounds super interesting. You know, that's right up, right up my alley. Indeed. <laughs> it sounds super good. 
Um, I just wanted to look at the cover. Really That's so pretty. That is so pretty. I love it. Wow. Yeah. It's like this dark haired um, girl. She's like painting. And then all around her is like this really colorful sort of fantastical landscape, I guess. It's really beautiful. It's very pretty. Like, yeah, I love that. Um, ooh. So last one I have for now is the Some of Us. It's an adapted book for young readers, meaning there is a an adult version, I guess, basically. Um, subtitle is How Racism Hurts Everyone. It's by Heather McGee. And as I said, I need to read more nonfiction. <laughs> I need to die. I need to read more nonfiction period. Like I'm so terrible with that. So this is me trying to make a concerted effort to read more nonfiction, putting it on my list now. So this book is, as I mentioned before, it is an adaptation for her book, The Sum of Us. Um, so basically it's just adapted for younger readers. And I like the that it has a conversation surrounding race and discrimination that shows how it's it's not beneficial for anyone. Like it's harmful for um, people who are directly being discriminated against, like people of color, black people, indigenous people, et cetera, et cetera. But also for white people. Like that's one thing. It's like all of the isms, all of the discriminations, racism, sexism, ableism, homophobia all of those things are detrimental to everyone so i like i like things that frame the conversation around how we all need to fight this because it hurts everyone and holds everyone back and they're all connected as i've said before these i haven't read any of these books yet but i hope that she ties the other isms into it as well um the ones that i just mentioned so um also it's good that I like that it's adapted for um, people that read within the YA category to help with, you know, younger readers being introduced to um, this rhetoric and just showing, talking about these important things. So once again, it's The Sum of Us, How Racism Hurts Everyone, adapted for young readers by Heather McGee. Yeah, that sounds really great. Um, thank you so mm. much for, for bringing that one up. I'm adding that one to my list. Um, my final pick is You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Bayram, who is the author of Cinderella is Dead and um, this um, Poison Heart, which I really loved. So mm. this is a horror book. It comes out in June, so we have to wait a little bit. It doesn't even have a cover <laughs> yeah. yet, I don't think. Um, so it is basically about this girl named Charity who plays a final girl at, um, this place called Camp Mirror Lake, um, which is like basically, it sounds like horror LARPing. Um, (laughs) that's what it sounds like. Like you, like you pay to go to this camp and they like take you through like a horror movie type experience. And she plays, yeah, yeah, like I I think that's what it is. That is horror LARPing, basically. That sounds what like it is. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, obviously, but that's that's what I'm getting from the the summary. And so, um, and she plays the final girl. So if you are not familiar with like horror or horror tropes, like the final girl is like exactly what it 
it sounds like the the final girl to like survive to the end of a horror movie um and that's charity's role and um she loves doing this she thinks it's really fun she and her um her co-workers and friends they just like recreate um these scenes from this classic horror movie at butcher set at this setting so then unfortunately um it's the last weekend of the season and her co-workers start disappearing and then she finds a oh dead body God. and she's like oh no i i might do this for fun but like i don't want to do this for real but <laughs> exactly. she's got to um also i love that um you know she's got a girlfriend so there's some queer rep and basically mm-hmm. they need to figure out how to survive the night and figure out what this killer actually wants um so it sounds kind of like you know if you um like horror with like maybe a little bit of camp this is probably yeah. gonna be a good choice so i'm really excited for it it is you're not supposed to die tonight by kaylin bayron more than one kind of camp. <laughs> I feel like that was corny. I'm sorry. I, it got me though. I, I laughed. <laughs> I feel like it's interesting. Um, that's kind of sounds like a Stephen Graham Jones novel, which is also not YA, but it's just like you know, looking at these um, horror tropes and like going like going off of that. It'll be interesting. This is an, this is an aside, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, like I feel like these books that are you know exploring horror tropes and stuff i feel like a lot of those horror tropes came from like you know 15 or more years ago like the Mm -hmm. camp the final girl and you know different other things um so i wonder how i wonder what will be the tropes that like the new horror tropes yeah just just a thought as you were speaking i was like i wonder what they are like what what horror tropes are our is our generation like getting in our horror movies you know what i mean i don't know if i've noticed the trend yet but Hmm, that's a good question and maybe something we can ponder as we yes get ready for our next (laughs) horror episode exactly exactly we should we should we should definitely discuss that because now i'm like hearing you talk about that i was like "Hmm, i wonder what it is because that was giving very much like 80s 90s yeah like at the camp and people dying and final girls there's there's so much nostalgia i think especially like Mm. in the horror like genre right now like when you think about like stranger things and yes um, grady hendrix's wonderful books which are like set in the 80s and the 90s like it's interesting to see like, I, I mean, as somebody who's probably a better horror reader and smarter person than me could probably talk about, like, why there seems to be so much nostalgia tied up with the horror genre. Um, but it is interesting to kind of kind of see. Yeah, that's I think you said, like, kind of what I was trying to get at way better than I did, because it's like I feel like our generation, like the horror. I don't feel like we were I don't feel like we have a trope like horror tropes that are particular to us that we're looking back Mm -hmm. so that that is interesting also i will parrot what you said i am definitely not a super big horror reader so i don't have a nuanced take on it just an observation but yeah super interesting it is oh well i think that's pretty much like all of the books that we had like set out except for i did want to shout out a couple of sequels because i didn't really include any sequels i in my mm-hmm. most anticipated, but I do have a few sequels slash companion novels that I'm really excited about. 
Um, so if you allow me a second, I'm going to tell you about those real quick. Um, Mysteries of Thorn Manor by Margaret Rogerson is a novella sequel to Sorcery of Thorns. Um, it looks delightful. I, Sorcery of Thorns mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite YA fantasies in the most recent years. Um, so it is kind of what happens to these beloved characters after the end of Sorcery of Thorns, which is a pretty good standalone book. Um, but it does have an ending that makes you go, oh, my God, I just want more. So I was delighted to hear that she returned to these characters and we get more. Um, although I am sad that it's a novella and not a full length book, I will admit. Um, yeah. Yeah. My next anticipated read is Every Gift a Curse by Caroline O'Donohue. And I think I've talked um, in several episodes this year, this past year, about how much I really loved um, Caroline O'Donohue's All Our Hidden Gifts and The Gifts That Bind Us. Um, it is an Irish set sort of magical trilogy about a girl who discovers a tarot deck and her best friend goes missing. There's a mysterious tarot card that should not belong in the deck. And mm-hmm. um, it's like a magical awakening for her. It's really fantastic. I love the first two books. The third one comes out this spring. Um, do not love the cover, but I'm so excited for this book. I'm going to snatch it right up. Um, and then the other one that I'm really excited about is Some Shall Break by Ellie Marnie, which is the sequel to None Shall Sleep, which came out a couple of years ago. Um, and I read this because um, fellow book writer and all the books co-host Liberty Hardy described this book to me as Silence of the Baby Lambs because it's basically... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's set in the 80s. And again, we're talking about 80s, or like nostalgia yeah. horror. It's set in the yeah. 80s and it's about two teenagers who've had a brush with serial killers and survived. Ooh. And the FBI recruits them as interns in their um, like behavioral analysis um I don't think it's called behavioral analysis unit. I've been watching a lot of criminal minds lately though. So that's what popped into my mind, but it's like their behavioral analysis team has recruited these two teens to help them try to get into the head of a new serial killer who has emerged and he's a teenager so that they know that he's a teenager and they're like, we need help kind of understanding the minds of teenagers and like this teenage serial killer. Um, And again, it's the eighties. So they rely on these two teens to kind of help them figure that out. And, of course it gets dangerous and deadly so i had no idea that there was going to be a sequel because i thought that the way the first book ended felt pretty final to me so Mm -hmm. i was super pumped when liberty told me that some shell break was coming out and it's coming out pretty soon so i'm excited for that one so those are my sequels and companions that i am excited about those sound really good i already looked up both of them and added them to my (laughs) goodreads Yay! Excellent, excellent. It's like my work here is done. Yes, yes, mission accomplished. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yeah, so many good books though. You know, so many. We're gonna have a very busy year ahead of us, but I'm excited for yes. that. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. As much as we'd love to keep talking about all the books that we're excited to read, we should probably, you know, end this episode so we can go read all of the books that we're excited to read. <laughs> um, and we're that just, you know, 
running out of time, but thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, please feel free to leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it lets us know how we're doing, but it also helps others find us. And you can always email us at heyya at bookriot.com with feedback, requests, recommendations. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and of course, all things bookish. Thank you again to today's sponsors for making the show possible. And thanks as always to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and I guess I'm still on Twitter, but mostly on Instagram at, at Tears of Price. How about you, Erica? I guess I guess I'm still on Twitter as well at Erica underscore easy underscore. You know, I logged into Twitter for like the first time the other day and I was like, oh, yeah. we're still here. People are still hanging out. OK, it's still there. Apparently there was some. Well, we don't get into that. <laughs> I'll tell you that later. But yes, it's still it's still, it's still there. Yeah. 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 Elon, Elon Musk is terrible, but the community is great. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But I'm not on there very often. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again in two weeks. Until then, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>